Father in heaven, we thank you for what you are doing in our lives. You're doing us good. We know that much. Father, I thank you that even though it may appear that things are not going our way in the natural sometimes, it may appear that for a long period of time, we know you are working in the unseen realm. You're always working. Jesus said that about you. He said, the Father worketh, and heretofore I do work as well. And so, Father, we thank you that you are putting us to work in your kingdom, doing the things that pertain to the kingdom, and you take care of everything else. And so we just want to focus in on that today and make that our meditation, that we can trust you to work things out for us in real in realms where we cannot see so we thank you for that. that's what trust is we thank you that you've given us this trust in you in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 so we're still talking about um uh uh stripping the strong man what did i call it spoiling the strong man yeah taking his stuff that's what we talk about because it's not his it belongs to god amen the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it or the fullness thereof. So, so everybody in, in the, he created everything. So it couldn't belong to anybody else but him. Uh, even people don't belong to people. We all belong to God first and foremost. And so it's good to remember that because I, I see people all the time complaining about so-and-so traded me like this and they don't respect me. Well, you know, do you respect yourself? You know, do you know what you're looking for? <laughs> we look for the right things in the wrong places and the wrong things in the wrong places. We're just always in the wrong spot expecting something. And, uh, it, it matters very little. I, I can tell you as, as I've matured over the years in God, just from, from meditating, reading the Bible and talking to God getting to understand my purpose and all of the relationship with God. Uh, what people say to the negative means less and less to me as far as affecting me going forward in God or affecting me, my peace and my well-being. You know, uh, we are nobody's beyond having faults in, in any of that, but they've been paid for already. And and if we can rely on the fact that the blood paid for everything, you know, if you, you offend somebody, you can go to them and ask their forgiveness. And, ask, you know, pardon me, I didn't really mean to sound like that. I know I came off kind of, you know, whatever. And, and it, I just didn't mean that, you know, forgive me. And, and just learn how to lead peaceably, just be reasonable and peaceful with people. And, and then you can get back into your, your normal good, good spirit about yourself uh, where God can find you and use you. See, he can't use you if you're feeling bad about yourself and oh, I never should have said, I don't know. I never just, you know, just, just forget it. Learn how to uh, receive, understand you're human, you know, not 100%, but we're working on the rest of it. Right. And God is developing all of us, but he's given us rules to live by. And the, and those rules mean that you have to love people, you gotta forgive people. You know, loving starts with forgiveness. It doesn't start with love. It starts with forgiveness. That's where we all start. And God puts love in our hearts once our sins are forgiven. And then you're a new creature. You know, where people make their mistake, they go around trying to do what they think is nice stuff to people. And when that doesn't pay off, then they're mad at them. 
Well, God didn't tell you to live like that. That's the old life. Amen. Why are people so important to one another that we just got to break our necks trying to impress them and, you know, get them on our side, get them to say nice stuff about us? You know, forget that stuff. Get your, your good feeling from God. That's where it lasts. You know, it'll last if you get it directly from him. Amen. He does things for us and in us that no other human could even do or know to do. Amen. It's not possible for a, another human being to know what you need to satisfy you and, and, and be spiritually so you can be spiritually in shape. And so that's God's job. So let him do his job in you. And then what other people do or don't do means really nothing. I mean, you don't even pay attention to to stuff anymore. Once you, you really have that connection with God where you know he's your everything and, and, and you can go to him when you have a need. So he's never not at home. Amen. He's never too busy. He's never not interested in us. He's always interested in us. So I just thank him for that. That's a wonderful thing. So praise God. So we're going to talk again. We're focusing more on the spirit of Pharaoh and how he operates in our current culture, in our current climate, in our current world culture, in our current uh, local uh, city, government, national culture, all of this stuff, because he is active in the realm of the heavenlies. We know that Satan is the god of this world. And we talked about this uh, from uh, the example uh, that uh, we had of Jesus casting the demon out of the Gadarene demoniac. And we looked at his behavior and we realized that he was the strong man over that area. Amen. Uh, because he was able to liberate 10 cities of people after Jesus delivered him, he was able to deliver more people. And this is how God wants it to work. Everything we see Jesus doing as our example, that's the way he, God wants it for us to work. Amen. Now, the advantage we have is that we have the uh, ability to pray and intercede, which where you see Jesus uh, talking to this man personally, you don't have to talk to anybody personally to take authority over the devil. Amen. God can uh, let you uh, understand their activities. He'll tell you how he'll give you a strategy for how to defeat them, how to bind them, and how to take away what they're holding. And that's what we do. That's why we pray our prayers on a regular basis, because we are keeping watch over these areas and keeping watch over the enemy's activities. And you can discern when it's certain spirits and certain spiritual forces that are uh, um, active in a situation. You know, once you learn from God. And so that's why he had us to uh, develop a prayer manual so that these things are written down because they don't change. See, there's not a strong man over Cleveland today and tomorrow he's somebody different. That's not how it works. And so, or next year or this year or any other year. They are fixed in their assignment. They are assigned to do certain things. Amen. 
And so they are fixed in their positions. It's just like if we had a military and so-and-so was the, the general over this group and tomorrow we say, oh, we'll, we'll put so-and-so over that group. Now, does that even make sense in a natural sense? No, it's, it's kind of foolish because why would you keep rotating leadership over people? They got to get used to them again. They got to understand what they're doing again. They got to see this is a different group of people or this is a different assignment. You, you want people to stay in a position so that they can be perfected and knowledgeable in their assignment. And so once, once that's set, it's not easily moved when you see these uh say for instance the kings of israel they were under god's authority but oftentimes they would pick up worshiping they would look at the neighbor that's what god told them certain certain tribes of people destroy everything kill everybody he said if you don't kill these people they're going to be snares in your eyes and what happened most of them got their the 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 kings that wholly followed god you could count them almost on one hand amen most of them were mixture they got ensnared in some way with these foreign gods why because they didn't get rid of the temptation when you can watch something all the time it's tempting to you Amen. The way they got Saul as the first king of Israel, they say, we want a king like them people over there have one. So people borrow ideas from one another. And when you look in the natural, these things look enticing. Now, if they had stayed with obeying God's word and obeying God's law, they would not have been so tempted. Those things would they would look and say, well, our God is superior to that God. Because our God shows up in a cloud, a pillar in the day, and a cloud by night, a fire by night, and we're we're protected from the harsh sun, and we're we got light at night, so we're never in the total dark. They had a supernatural God and traded him in for somebody that was wood and stone. Amen. See, this is a natural man. The natural man wants to see something, touch something, control something. And it's just a, a ruse because the, the devil gets you thinking you control things and you don't control anything. He's behind the scenes pulling the strings all the time. Amen. And so what these, these spiritual entities do is they, in certain regions, they develop a certain frame of mind. They develop a certain, um, um, Culture, cultural things, like things that cities are known for. You know, say, for instance, uh, the city of Detroit was known as what? The Motor City. Amen. And, and they, why? Because they had, uh, a, a favor from God in innovation, in engineering and technology. Uh, some areas in California are known as what? They call it Silicon Valley because they are known as tech centers where all of the, the, uh, apples and the, you know, uh, IBM moved out there years ago. And so IBM was started out as a Midwestern entity and they started to develop more and more computers, circuits, 
silic things made from silicon and they moved out to California where what, what can you get out there? You can get a lot of land cheap. You got to learn how to irrigate things. It's, it's, it's expensive, but you can be out there and develop a, a kind of a culture, a hub, a culture that where people are identified with a certain product and a way of life that goes with it and the culture goes along with it. Well, those people aren't holy people. By and large, they're getting less and less. So now you get where you get into an area where there's technology and it's popular. They develop ideas. There's a lot of money there. So then then people's salaries go up. And what do people do when they have a lot of money? They buy a lot of property. They want recreation. So you get associated with a certain kind of recreation. Big parties. Lavish things, drugs, what else? Prostitution. All of those things that go with a lavish lifestyle go there. Amen. In the Midwest, we have factories. We had quote unquote every day of hardworking men and women. Well, that was back in the day when, when that was Christianity was, was very popular when people like Henry Ford were developing the industrial revolution was pretty much spearheaded by Christian people. What did Christian people do? They gave parts of their earnings to God. Some of them gave extremely large portions of their earnings to God. Many of them felt that because they were blessed and because they had excess, it was very common for wealthy people to begin to support education. They supported um medical technology and, and uh, um, discovery, uh, experimentation, all of those things, they were called what we call philanthropist. You don't see that word used with this new culture of people. There's no philanthropic. Most of the people now that are wealthy use their money for political purposes. They buy votes. They, they buy uh, senators. They buy uh, representatives, they buy, they lobby. I have heard, and I believe it's true, that most of the, the bills that they introduce in Congress are not even written by Congress people. They're written by lobbyists who already have them sitting in a drawer somewhere waiting to get the right number of people in Congress to get them passed, and they pull them out of drawer and set them out there, and they just read them off to people. Got me? And so this, it has changed quite a bit, folks. And, and see, this is the strong man. This is how he runs his culture. He wants to stay in control of people. He wants, he doesn't care who he has to work through. He will stay in control of people. And eventually he wants to get control of the government so that he can keep the people under his bondage, just like Pharaoh being the king of Egypt was ever to uh, able to tell people how to work, when to get up, when to go to bed, how to sleep. Everybody except God's people, right? See, think about what life was like for the Egyptian. If it was bad for God's people, think about what the Egyptians lived like. They had hard labor. They had work 
they had all of the things that, that the Hebrews had, only the Hebrews had it more intense because Pharaoh was trying to punish them for them being so numerous in number. Amen. That's, that's always their, I'll tell you, the greatest enemy of a dictator is people. When they see large numbers of people following after a leader or after an idea or after a concept that becomes a, a threat to a dictator or a leader who wants that kind of power. When they want dictatorial power, numbers of people are a threat to them. And when they see a leader who can gather large numbers of people, write that down, large crowds of people, where the people get an idea from somebody that they have power. See, they don't want people to know they have power. They never want you to know uh, that your vote is important or your voice is important. Or what you want to do with your family is important. They want you to believe that you can't do anything unless the government says so. That's why you'll see, sometimes you'll see uh, different political parties or you'll see different uh, factions of people. When they see, you, you ever hear them say things like, oh no, that's government encroachment on your First Amendment or Second Amendment rights. When you see people warning you like that, heed the warning. Because these people aren't just making stuff up to make it up. Amen. They're in the government too. And they're smart enough to warn individual citizens that your freedoms are being taken away from you. Right now, there's a move to take government. You know, every time somebody shoots up a school or something, what do they want to do? Take everybody's guns away from you. Average citizens. You can't gun control. That's always thrown out there anytime a shooting takes place. And, and that is not a right that the government gives you. See, this is what people don't understand. There's no, nothing in the constitution that says we, the government, give you the right to have a gun. It says that right comes from God, that you already have it. And what the Constitution says, the government won't take it away from you. They promise not to. They, they say these, this is part of your certain inalienable rights. In other words, they can't separate you from this, 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 uh, right that you have. It came from God. That's why government can't separate it from you. Amen. But you see, when dictators get control, the first thing they do is the number one, the first thing they do is take God away from people. They come for your God, especially if he's alive. So the only God that's alive is Jesus. So they persecute Christians. First, first order of business. Take you into court. You can't pray in the school. You can't pray on the street. I've seen them now. They didn't used to bother street preachers. Now they're arresting them. Especially if they're, if they're reading the Bible, there was a man, he was a preacher that I saw him with handcuffs on this man. He was standing right across from one of his pride, uh, ceremonies and he was reading the Bible at a pride ceremony. They arrested him. And here's all this naked people running around the street. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is persecution of Christians. And why were we, for the last 10 years, we were learning on the persecuted church? 
so we would be ready and understood how to how to recognize it and pray against it and keep praying against it and stand against it. You have a right to, to worship God. Nobody can tell you you can't. Amen. This was established way back in the book of Exodus. That's that's our right. Everybody has a right to worship God. They can't tell you who you can't worship and who you can't serve and you can't come to church. Now they tried to do it. They've been fairly successful. I was uh, at a meeting last night uh, in in the uh, uh, mistress of ceremonies. Young woman uh, gave the statistics that that forty five hundred churches closed down during the pandemic, and she she was saying she said you know there's at least ten families per church or something. She said she says four hundred fifty thousand people that don't have a church to go to. Half a million people. And who would have thought it would ever happen in this country? But I'm looking around and I'm still seeing empty seats. They're not filling up. And it's not because we're not praying for them to fill up. And we're not looking for people to bring. You got me? There's something's going on. You understand what I'm saying? People are intimidated. People don't have the freedom. They don't feel free to do certain things. They don't feel free to speak certain things. All of a sudden, certain words are hate speech. When did that start? We didn't start telling people they couldn't say certain things. You know, it's the accuser of the brethren. You know, the devil likes to accuse Christians of hating people. That's his thing, because he hates everybody. So he keeps up with all the haters, you know, because they belong to him. (laughs) He likes to accuse God's people of doing what he does. Amen. He does it so well. <laughs> so he got to drag everybody into the, the muck with him. So the strong man operates this way. He is assigned a territory. Satan assigns his princes a territory. So there are princes over certain areas. You need to know that demons are masters of deception. And they don't have a gender. So they can all imitate either male or female. Some of them specializes in male uh, uh, characteristics and behavior. And some specialize in female. Amen. Some like to specialize in both. That's why you have homosexual spirits. Because they can vacillate between one or the other. Demons are, 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 they get assigned to people, to households, so that they can study your movements, study your words, study your voice, study all kinds of things. This, these are their assignments. They are assigned to study people, to imitate their habits, to get, gain your confidence, so that you don't know it's a devil, you think it's you, or you think it's a person. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? So they're masters of disguise and deception. They're able to deceive. They're able to um, influence. Uh, the reason they imitate people is because they like to influence us. And so they'll influence you culturally. We said that already. Certain cultures, certain industries are peculiar to certain uh, areas, geographical areas. Amen. 
uh, agriculture is um, uh, a um, kind of um, typical in warmer climates because it's easy to grow things. And so using like Georgia peaches, Idaho potatoes, you got me? And so these are all set up by the strong man. You know, he'll see things, things are easy for people to accomplish in a certain area. And then he will cause a, an area to be known for a certain activity or known for a certain, uh, 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 you know, kind of cultural thing. And the culture begins to support it. You know, they begin to have a, a, uh, um, culture built around, say, a certain crop. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, and then the, the, when the, the, uh, the economy gets dependent on a certain kind of crop, then the enemy comes with some kind of failure in the environment to cause the crop to fail. So now he's got all these people who are depending, say, we, we depended on a good potato crop this year and the potatoes failed. So now what do you do? Amen. And so this is why God invented his system of the tithe back in the old covenant so that he could water the ground when he said the windows of heaven will be open to you all. That's watering your plants. See, the tithe was really for uh, a, uh, a culture that depended on agriculture and they did. And so when they gave that tenth to God, they could expect the former and the latter rain to come together because God said, I will, you don't have to use the foot pump that you did in, in Egypt and had to irrigate water from one place to the other. I'll let the rain from heaven come down on you. Just serve me. You understand what I'm saying? And, and we still get the benefit of that that principle in some ways in our lives. Amen. Because we can, we can ask for heaven to rain down on us anytime we need the blessings from God. You got me? Obedient people who listen to God can get, get heaven's blessings anytime. You don't have to be waiting for, for something to happen and waiting for something to come along before you can be blessed. You receive that. It comes through obedience. You have a covenant. Lord God, he's, we, when he would say, I remembered my covenant, it wasn't because he forgot. He never forgets anything. When it said he remembered it, it he put it in operation. See, I picked up the ball for you. And when you started to cry out to me, I remembered my covenant, which means I put, I picked up a ball. I started to go to work for you. That's what that means. Amen. When he remembers you, that means he's working in your life. He don't sit up and say, um, I remember Nola. I like the way she worships me. Mm, mm, mm. That ain't what he's doing when it say remember. He don't remember like we do. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you can have good memories of people makes your heart glad. That's all good. But that's as far as it goes with us. Usually when you, we, God caused us to remember people, it means you should say, well, God, let me pray for them. Bless so-and-so now that you put them on my, uh, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to put the covenant in force. Amen. Just like God does. 
So in, in different cultures and different societies, you'll see where the rain from heaven falls consistently for obedient people. But what happens when people don't remember God, when they cease worshiping God, when they start worshiping other gods, then everything stops, comes to a standstill. Doesn't mean it won't start up again if we get obedient. You repent, get obedient again, God will Get it, gear it right back up again for us. And then we can go to, to living the blessed life all over again. We don't miss a beat. But if you consistently follow the enemy, follow Satan, give, throw your money away, put it in drugs and put in, don't, don't take care of your kids and that kind of stuff. Poverty comes and increases and increases and increases. And so it, it pays for us to remember God, put him first. Do what he tells us to do with our finances. Do what he tells us to do with everything that we possess. And then God will always remember us and he will always bless us. So this is how you can override the culture that you live in. See, God put us here to override what we're known for. Because at any point that can be taken away from us. So what happened with Motown? See many car factories up there now? It's not nearly what it used to be. I remember when when God sent me up there in the 90s and I began to prophesy that the big three were coming down. And I thought, Lord, I sure hope that was you because these people love these factories. Everybody's in a factory up here. You know, they were humming and buzzing and going along real well. It started in the 80s where our government started shipping all of our manufacturing to foreign countries. That's Pharaoh, honey. That's him. Why? He wants us to have less money so we can be more dependent on, guess what? Welfare. The government's welfare system. And it has happened. Just like he planned. See, your best thing to do is be free of the government for, for anything that you need. You understand me? You, 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 your best bet is to not have to depend on them for, you know, you got all kinds of people drawn from government now. The colleges are dependent on government. They used to be self-sufficient. They would, they would take their own, what they would do with, with, with the money that they would fundraise. They would take it and invest it so that they would have enough operating money for decades to come. They were paid up in advance because of the way that they, through their own understanding, if you're a university and you're teaching people how to be good economists, how to be good financiers and bankers, you got the bank, the brain trust right there at your disposal. You're teaching them all this stuff. So you should be the leaders in taking advantage of it. Amen? And they used to have great people that managed their finances. They would have what they call endowments. They would get a wealthy family to endow, say, a chairmanship over a department. And they made sure that department functioned. You you go, look at all the names on the the colleges and universities. Those are people who have given bazillions of dollars and that money just don't stay there and they draw off of the money 
and it don't increase. They take them billions that come. If you get money billions and millions at a time, you take it and invest it in something where you can get an increase off of your investment. So most of the, you take the the big Ivy League schools, they're living off the interest of, of endowments that have been made decades ago. The last century, this money was laid down for them. And so, and some of them, you know, these people, some of these rich people get so slick. They tell you when you've earned enough money off it, that reverts, the principal reverts back to us and we get to do something else with that money. You understand what I'm saying? People, people who are smart about money are very smart. That's why they ain't broke. Amen. And so they're, they're allowed. So they'll, they'll, if you're an average everyday citizen, the colleges will allow you to buy what they call an annuity where you take a lump sum of money and you hand it over to them and they say, Oh, will you let us play with your money for 10 years? And we'll give you X number of dollars every year on it in return. This is how a lot of wealthy people live in these, you've seen these, um, hot and cold running water senior places. I'm talking about the wealthy ones. They have banked up. They've set an annuity, uh, you know, in, uh, in that under the control of that place where they live. And those people have invested that wherever they feel it's safe to invest it. And, and this is how they pay the monthly rent for the people who are, and, and, and they just draw from the interest until, and then it goes into the, the treasury of that place even after that person is deceased. Because they feel like they're getting the big end of it. I, you know, I got somebody to come and feed me all my meals. They come and make my bed. I can live in here. I got enough room for me and my wife. And until we, we die. Oh, that's a good thing. See, you can't pay for that. Amen. And so there's people with money have all kinds of ways of making their money work for them. Amen. You know, and we, we just want to pay for a funeral. We got to think beyond paying for it. You understand what I'm saying? There's all kinds of ways to let your money make money if you get around the right people. You know, even people, they got 401ks in, in employers. Most of the people who have them don't even know how they work and don't even make the most of it. They let it revert back to, you know, they let it stay in the company stock. If the company goes bankrupt, there goes all your investment. They have no idea they can take that money and move it where they want it to be investment invested. You understand? And so these are things that, that people need to, to learn how money works. Currency has to keep flowing for it to be any good. That's why they call it currency. And so uh, I just said that to say this is how the strong man runs stuff. He runs the money. He runs the culture. He runs the industry. He runs everything. And when he wants to get people more under his control, he knows how to manipulate his own system that he set up. The only recourse that we have as believers is God has a bigger system. God knows how to game this system for our benefit and he knows how to correct the system down here so that we can have it more to the advantage of believers and the ordinary person. When, when, when God's people prosper, everybody does. 
So everybody around us will get the overflow of the blessing that we get from God if we learn how to listen to God and let him guide our steps and guide everything that we do. And so there is a way around the strong man. And that's what Israel was about to get. The way around the strong man is what? Let me go. I'm worshiping God. See, our worship of God is our way around the strong man. You got me? That's why they're trying to cut us off from church, trying to cut us off. If you're on the Internet and you mention certain names and words now, amen, you lose people. You got me? Happens to me all the time. I did a, 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 a teaching about, I think it was recently, and I never saw such a low number of people responding to it. And I said, God, what's wrong? He said, look at the words you used in that. Facebook just didn't let it circulate to as many people. You got me? And I'm thinking, I said, well, the saints don't like that. What's wrong with what I said? But it was too strong coming against people manipulating young people with transgender surgery and taking rights away from parents so that you can't control your own children, control their future, control what they think and what, what kind of life they're going to live. They've taken all that away from you. And the Lord said, they just cut you off. When they see them kind of words in there, they don't circulate around to as many people. And then I was getting getting ready to get on the saints. I was going to say, y'all didn't like what I said, like, but I don't do that. You know, I don't react to people. Just people do what they do. They say what they say, and it's all good, you know. But uh you need to know that, folks. Social media, there's only so much you're going to do with that. You go over an edge where they don't want you to go, and they cut you back. Amen. Cut you back. So anyway, but you know, God sets us free. I just pray about it and ask God. I say, well, God. Take this off of there. Confuse the enemy. I put confusion on you, devil. You can't manipulate my post. That's my stuff. God gave me this platform. You didn't give it to me. You can't take it away. Amen. And so this is, you know, you'll see some people like I have a friend on Facebook that uh, it passes out tracks all the time. He gets very low response to his uh to his post. You know what I'm saying? And I said, Lord, what is with that? And he said, they don't like what he talks about. He'd been kicked off of Facebook. He said, I've been in I said, where you been? He said, I've been in Facebook jail for 30 days. They didn't like me saying something about some dictator somewhere. You can't even say anything negative about why? Because we got dictators in our government. They all stick together. They're all under Pharaoh's dominion. Amen. As though they don't have enough power, they want to take it all. Little power to power-hungry people is never enough. Power is never enough. And you see that in how Pharaoh dealt with the children of Israel. Moses kept saying, let them go. And he would say, well, if I let you go, where are you going? Well, if I tell you, that's like me staying here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because I want to follow you. And they do follow you. Wherever wherever you go, they don't like to lose control. Just like the the uh Gadarene demoniac. Let me turn here for just a minute. Um, sometimes I I say things and I'm assuming everybody's that's not being fair to you guys. I gotta let you know. Uh I think it's in Luke chapter eight. That's one of the accounts of it. 
Yeah, in in uh, it says when this legion of of demons was being cast out, verse twenty nine, Luke eight twenty nine. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Why? It is not that that it's not right for him to be in him, but he's destroying this man. This man is is you know there are some people that that don't want to be delivered. They have fun with with carnal stuff instead of, you know, you keep thinking too much about how you look all the time. You understand what I'm saying? You this is not about this is the kingdom of God is not it's it's an invisible kingdom. It's without observation. It's your inward that God's concerned about. Your outer appearance will never send you to hell, but your inward will. You got me? So God's people, we need to be focused more on what we think on the inside of our hearts. What what are we harboring in there? And forget the outer so much. And, you know, there are people that just keep, you know, one selfie. I mean, come on now. This, you didn't look pretty on the last selfie. You got another one up there. And I'm not just being mean. I'm talking about... um Vanity. I remember years ago, there, anybody ever seen, it was kind of like a, a, a popular picture, portrait drawing. There was a beautiful woman. She was, she was beautiful. The, 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 she was standing in front of a mirror and the mirror was able to depict the picture showed how she really looked and what the mirror showed her as an ugly old woman and a skeleton. And it said vanity. Do you understand what I'm saying? So within herself, this is how she really looked, even though she was beautiful on the outside. And the, the, the gist of it was, you may think that you're a very physically attractive person, but your inside is what you need to be concerned about. And this young woman on the inside was very, very ugly, and it showed that. Why? Because she thought too highly of herself. And so God wants to peel us away from the world. You know, the more we, the more we get knowledge and understanding of faith and the word and what the word can do, the more the devil draws us over into the natural. Just, you know, what you, what, you know, and the, of course you put that up there so people can say, oh, you look so nice. Or I just skip that. If, you know, I see people, I don't even respond. I didn't see that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't like feeding people's vanity. I don't like feeding their immaturity. Why don't you put a scripture on there? Why don't you tell somebody you're saved? Why don't you talk about Jesus on there sometimes? Well, I'm I'm just gonna move on, but that needs to be said because Christians are are being deceived. We're stepping over into the wrong pool here. You know, you get on there and you think, well, this is just social media. This is just for fun. That may be your only platform God ever gives you to preach the gospel. That may be your only platform that God gives you to lift up Jesus. You got me? And and be careful how you use it. Because he watches faithfulness. You got me? If you got 15 selfies of yourself where you don't mention the Lord, you put one scripture up every other month. Like you throwing God a bone. You got me? 
you need to have those things in the forefront all the time, every time. Amen? Put him first. Make the sacrifice. Oh, well, I'm not going to put that up there this time. I sure wanted to show everybody. No, stop it. (laughs) Amen? Stop it. You're not showing people nothing. You're supposed to be his witness. Amen? Witness for him. So, anyway, here Jesus is dealing with this demon-tormented guy. This demon-possessed man. He doesn't even live in a house anymore. He lives out among the dead. Amen? And so, it, it says he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains, and fetters and broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. So no man could tame him. People wanted to help him. But he would run away from them. Why? The strong man, he was under his control. See, this shows you, I mean, it sounds excessive and in some ways it is, but this shows you the control the devil can get over people if they yield themselves to him. Amen? And you're seeing it more and more. Some of these people that, that, um, I identify as trans, these people are crazy. And they're being, uh, patronized and encouraged in their insanity. Amen. That one, one guy, who is it? Oh, geez, I can't think of his name. I see his face in front of him, of me. Um, oh man. But he's one of the younger, conservative young men. I'm trying to think, trying to even think of his website. I can't think of that word. Well, maybe I don't need to think of it right now, but anyway, he just confronts and openly challenge. He'll have, uh, you know, conferences or meetings where he allows people to come up and question him about his conservative beliefs. Yeah. Ben Shapiro. Thank you. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. And, and, uh, he'll, let them challenge him and and he's got such wisdom and he couldn't be maybe in his 30s or something he's very well studied in in what he's watching and understanding he says no 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 he said you don't force me to to lie to myself and lie to you about something i don't believe in you have a perfect right to believe that if you want to he said that's your right he said but you don't have you don't have no right to drag me into it with you you understand what i'm saying and and see He's different than, than, than people like Bud Light people that got sucked into losing. Now they're losing like, they've lost like 20% of their business every month since they put the trans person on there. You know, and, and that's something I have that guy on my prayer. I'm praying for God to straighten him out because the world's about to spoil him, you know, with his nuttiness. And see, when the devil's through with him, he'll have him commit suicide or something and, on to the next nutty person that I can use. That's how the devil does it. That's what he planned to do with this guy, this Gadarene demoniac. He had so tormented him and so many demons lived in him that the next step was for him just to go somewhere and jump off of a cliff or, you know, anything. And so Jesus saves this man and he casts this demon out of him. And Jesus said in verse 30, what's your name? He said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. The man didn't even talk anymore. It's just the demons talking now. Amen. 
And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. They besought him that he would suffer them to enter into the swine. In 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 uh, in one of these accounts, they said, "Hang on a second. Let me find this other one. Let me turn to Matthew eight because it's important that you look at uh, what they say to Jesus." Okay, one more to look at. Mark 5. My old friend Mark 5. There we go. Mark 5 and verse 10. And, and he says, verse 9, he says, what is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much, begging him pleading with him. This is what demons do. They don't like to leave their assignment. And they'll try to barter with anybody who has authority to make them leave. And he says that they would not send them away out of the country. Out of where they're assigned to be. They all have a territory. They all have a job to do. And they don't like to be dislodged. That's why they fight you so hard. That's why the abortion demon, once it got into the Supreme Court, stayed there for 70 years. That's a generation, folks. Whoever was born the year that Roe v. Wade was enacted probably was dead. Most of them dead by that time because that's a generation. 70 years. That's a long time. But, but. They must come down at a certain time. God has given them a certain time. And so now people look around and they see a lot of people aren't here. Population has decreased and never to come back up again probably. Amen. And so because people's lifestyles are different now. When that was enacted, the average family size was like five or six people. Now it's like two, three, four at the most in most families or five. But so it's had some effect, folks. It's it's done its job. And they still want to have it in in different states. They're still fighting it. Now they're they're what I've read something. I just you know, it's hard to keep up with some of this stuff, you know, what they're doing, but some kind of emergency hole, I know. Uh uh the president signed an emergency hotline paying with our tax money, abortion hotline. And most people have already said they don't want to pay for anybody's abortion. You want something like that, you pay for it yourself. But see, if the strong man can get your hands dirty in what he's doing, he'll do it any kind of way he wants to. Any way to drag us into his dirty work is what he does. So anyway, here we have, so they don't want to leave their territory where they're assigned to be. The Bible says when they are cast out, they go into what? Dry places. That don't even sound good for a normal person. 
Amen. So we don't know. It might be hell. It might be close to hell. You understand what I'm saying? It's a tormenting place, though, because they asked Jesus, are you come to torment us before the time? See, they know their time is coming where they get eternal torment. But they must, the enemy must assign them back and forth there when they lose ground. When you can't do your job, you get fired. That's true anywhere. That's true in the devil's kingdom too. Can't do your job, you get fired. And so they begged him and he let him go into the swine and, but they eventually had to leave. So they dispersed among people in that area. See, left the swine. But they dispersed among people. Why do we think that? Because Jesus had the the ex-strong man, once he was saved and he had a testimony, Jesus had him go back and testify to all those people. He said, go back and tell everybody. Go to your family and go to your friends. How many friends did he have? He had a lot of them because he went to 10 cities and talked to people. So it's when Jesus said, friends, he meant the People you used to affect with your demonic activity. Got me? And so in, in, in those areas, they serve foreign gods. They did a lot of, you know, things that were unclean in the name of their gods that they, they served. Amen. They had, uh, temple sacrifices, temple prostitutes, male and female. They did all kinds of stuff. The Romans were, Greeks were bad enough, but the Romans were worse. Amen. So, and they did it all in the name of their gods. Amen. They, God of wine, you know, they would have him. And you see in, in those, uh, uh, society, uh, not societies, but sororities and fraternities, you know, they have Greek night. All of them do. They dress up in togas and they have orgies like the Romans did. Anything goes. That's why God forbids us to get involved in that stuff. You know, you see Christians, I'm an alpha, you are nothing. He's the alpha and the omega. So he got you beat. Or I'm a whatever they are. Theta, 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 tau, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. Then go all the way down the alphabet making up stuff. But these are demonic gods. You invite them in your life, you get what they have for you. Some of those people get really hard to convince to give their lives to the Lord. Because you tell them you got to renounce that sorority and fraternity stuff. Amen. You see Steve Harvey, every time the alphas come out and do their stupid dance. Amen. You know, you hate to see that because these, what they call the HBC, historically black colleges and universities, they were started by Christians. Many of them were slave owners who, who wanted their, their mixed children educated just like their pure white kids were. So they give money. They started colleges. Many of them were started that way. You, you look at, you look at an old picture of the Fisk University in Nashville. You look at an old picture of the Jubilee Singers. Remember, everybody looks mixed. They're very pale. It's okay, well, okay, good. This is how it starts. And so once it starts, then anybody who's black or they, they, they don't limit it to, it's historically black, not all black now, 
You know, they let anybody come to those universities now. But they were, they were Christian. All the, everything higher, all the Ivy League schools started Christian. They were Puritans started those schools. You don't think them people are spinning in their graves now, seeing what they're teaching now in these places? Something like 40% of, of, of kids in Brown University now identify as trans. See, they're quit teaching. They're indoctrinating people now. You don't, you don't learn anything in these schools unless you just make yourself learn. You know, it's been that way for years, decades now. You know, so it's, and the government's gotten more involved in education, higher education. They give grants. You know, they don't live off endowments anymore. Oops. Oh, we were doing research on, you know, women's studies, black studies, this studies. It's all government's giving out money for that. Let's apply for that. That's how they employ people now. It's not, it's not a demand for learning. It's indoctrination for the most part. Amen. So, so this is what we're up against, folks. This is how the strong man, he runs all of this stuff. He just gives people ideas. The ideas catch on. The uh, ideas don't line up with the word of God. They line up with what the culture wants. Amen. So now we have a culture that tells you if you try to tell people they don't have to be gay, you're hate speeching and they can, can sue you for hate speech. Amen. Every now and then you'll see somebody win a, a a court battle and tell us, let the strong, but you got to be willing to go stand up and fight for it. You won't get it the easy way. So it's all a battle now. Amen. Where it used to be, you could get into a court where, where people just looked at common sense. They don't look at common sense anymore. They look at what upsets certain people. You know, people who kind of want to have all the attention and have the voice. So that's what the strong man does. Amen. Um, one of my prayers, I asked God to silence the voices of certain people. And he told me to pray that way. Why? He said, I didn't give them nothing important to say. Tell them to shut up. I said, oh, okay, good. I'm all for it, Lord. You understand me? And little by little, they have less and less to say about stuff. Many of them were real big on social media. They shut that down. No, I got off that. I just got too much trouble from people. I don't say that anymore. So it's a good thing. So this is what you have to do as a watchman. You got to put a stop to this stuff. We can do it with our authority. Our prayer. God's given us. He said, no, I'm not going to come down there and fight devils for you. I did that already. I let you know that was fine. I went to Calvary and did that. For you forever, I I bound up all of them, took everything they had. Now you go and reap it. You go out and you do the reaping now. Amen. And so this is what the church is for. You don't see a lot of people really willing to, we fight each other, tell each other to shut up, tell each other they hating on each other. The strong man's at that too. Keeps people bickering denominational bickering, I'm right and you're wrong. He'll let you have a little religion, but he's not going to let God be in control of it. You got me? So you got to learn people, people, God's people have to learn how to stay free. Don't fall into the devil's snare because he got a lot of them out here. Amen. 
He, he's, he's ensnaring people left and right. So the strong man is in charge of all of that. He's in charge of culture. He's in charge of, um, intellect. He's in charge of what laws get passed with ease and which laws he makes people think they can pass them and then he fights you on it. Amen. So he can keep control. Certain ideas he likes. The devil likes certain ideas because they keep control on people. Amen. What, what looked like a, a convenience in days gone by is now a snare. And that's that cell phone, the smartphone. It's now a snare to people. Amen. Young kids are very attached to them. So are adults. Get very attached to them because it's very convenient. But you have to learn how to limit your time on there and limit what you do on there because it's more than a phone anymore. Amen. It's a tracking device, entertainment device, a device where you can connect with people you shouldn't connect with. Amen. It's very convenient for a myriad of things. And so if you're a believer, you have to use discretion and wisdom. You have to ask God, you know, God, what do I do? I, you know, I'm, 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 I was wanting to spend less and less time with stupid things. Amen. And so you can, you, TV is the same way when television first came out. It, it was entertainment, family entertainment. I remember in our house, my mother watched soap operas during the day. But when we first got television, it didn't come on until my father came home in the evening. Amen. And we all sat down and watched certain things. And and then at, at bedtime, it was shut off. Everybody went to bed. Little by little, it's still on after bedtime. Somebody's up late watching. Then the soap operas started in the daytime. And kept you on there, you know, all day. Now it's all day, all night. Amen. And so we have to be careful as believers. Now I don't, I'm not for condemning things. I'm for redeeming them. Take over some of this stuff and use it for God's glory if you're smart enough to do it. If you're not smart enough to do it, then limit your time and your exposure with it. You know, here people get on there and start saying things to people and pretty soon somebody five years, 10 years later found something they said 10 years ago and they lose a job they just got. So it's a a way to spy on people. You got me? So, you know, if you can't be a Christian on there, don't get on there. If you can't be clean in your conversation, If you like to get on things and tell people off and cuss at them and stuff, quit doing that. Because somebody's going to find out. See, the first person, God's going to let somebody find out and get you straightened out about it. So you ain't so crazy no more. Amen. You thought you was all crazy, but you straightened up. You got a lot of sanity when you look for it. (laughs) Amen. So this is the strong man. He wants to have people that he can control. And the control is very subliminal now. It's very subtle now. Little flashes of pictures, little flashes of this, little flashes of that. Amen. I've got a nephew. He he, he gets on Facebook. He's not on there, but you get on there. I told y'all keep your kids' pictures off of there. People are looking at your children. Don't be putting your children on there. See, Hollywood people used to live like that. 
now they got their kids on there when they want to use them for something, you know, because people don't care anymore. But be discreet about what you what you post. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's easy to find out where you live. They tell where that picture is coming from. So, you know, I mean, it's okay to put a birthday on there or something, but, you know, you don't let people track you like that. They watch you for years. You know, starts out a little cute toddler, and then pretty soon, if it's a girl, they know when puberty hits them before you do. You got me? Because they want them before puberty. So you have to be careful with stuff like you don't know. We we think everything is cute. You can't think everything is cute. You got to use some wisdom protection. Amen. Don't pray protection prayers and then expose your children. Follow through on that. No, I don't know. They don't know what my kids look like. Nobody knows that. Got me? Just keep it, keep it low. You know, listen to what the men in your life tell you. Very few men are on social media compared to women. Got me? Man, if if your husband or your son tells you, don't put my picture on there, then don't do it. They telling you, says sending you a message. That means don't put yours on there. Don't put the kids on there. Don't put the grandkids on there. You understand what I'm saying? Stay off of there. Because you don't know what the devil's planning. You don't know. I, I was listening to uh Pastor Billy Burke. He has a really, really phenomenal healing ministry and teaching believers how to believe God and and pray for the sick. You know, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And he was saying, you know, more and more he gets calls from people from with children have been abducted. He said, in the pain and the heartbreak, I just couldn't imagine that. He said, but people are looking for help. He said, the world out here is desperate for help. He said, we're the answer. We can't be the victim too and be the answer. Amen. So let's keep ourselves out of victim range. Just, just be normal people. Amen. Be normal people. So, so the strong man likes to do that. He lures us over into things that can start out perfectly innocent, but he knows how to twist them and pervert them for his advantage. And so we stay out of the clutches of the strong man. Stay out of his clutches. Stay out of his domain because the, the enemy likes nothing better than to take out intercessors. You know, you got a big target on your back already without too much exposure. And so this is, this is how, how it, it operates. That's why the Pharisees were always after Jesus. He had too much power to do good. And they want to control everything. Amen. They want to keep people beholden to them. They want to keep people dependent on them. Got to come to them for everything. Amen. And the average citizen is just saying, just stay out of my business and let me run my life. I'm perfectly capable of making my own decisions and running my own life. I don't need you. Amen. And so this is, this is where the strong man gets angry. When people start to be, uh, self-sufficient, have self-determination, want to do their own thing. This is what the civil rights movement really was about. It was about the government taking all these racial restrictions off of people's lives. They didn't want government handouts. The average person, I don't care what color you are, you don't want that. You know, you might 
have to have it for a season, but you're looking for a job every day. So you can be self-sufficient. So that kind of stuff does not fly very long, and the government knows it. That's why they take more and more control. They they must take more and more control from us. And this is Pharaoh's doing. Let my people go. No, how far are you going? Don't go out in that desert. Well, if you gonna ta- you gonna take your kids out there? Mm, I wouldn't do that if I were you. That's what he told Moses. He said, "Be careful taking your kids out. Be careful." They always send you off with a warning. Amen. It's in people in the church. You get some people who are leaders in the church and they don't want you to, to spend your own money the way you want to. If you, if you don't give to, to me, you got to give to me. You understand what I'm saying? No, you got to obey God in everything. Amen. Now you, you know, I don't mess with people and their money because you got enough sense to learn how to hear for yourself. You got me? We don't demand anything around here. Amen. We pray for everything. You you know what the word says about giving. You know what it says. And so you obey the word according to what God puts on your heart to do. Amen. And so it's it's just common sense. You know, if if you're eating at Burger King, you pay at Burger King. You don't go to McDonald's and pay your Burger King bill. You know, it's just real simple stuff like that. It's, it's just unreal. So that, that means nobody has to pressure you for anything. Amen. And so we, we've got to understand the strong man, folks. You see what he controls. Look around you. Look at, look in the newspaper if they got him anymore. And this is the other thing he controls. He controls the media. All of it. It's, you know, down the line, everything is controlled. So you might have to go and fish a little bit to find some information that's not tainted and slanted and to put fear in you and to make you think there's only one way to think. Amen. God wants his people free. He wants us to obey him. Listen to him. Do what he tells you to do. Amen. Learn how to uh, let him guide you no matter what Pharaoh is telling you. What no matter what the the governor says or the president says or the media says or anybody else says, you got to get God's guidance in your life and hang on to what He's telling you, and look for leaders who confirm what God's saying. You know, there are people out there who are good people who want to follow our Constitution and want want people to be free. All of that, they're good people like that, but they're getting fewer and fewer. And they, and they have less and less of a voice anymore in, in the scheme of things. Why? Because Pharaoh wants to be the only voice you ever listen to. Because he thinks he's smarter than everybody. You know, I've heard some politicians even say things like the average citizen isn't as intelligent as we are. Really? You're mighty stupid to make a average citizen. You don't know people. You don't even know people that's supposed to be Voters, some people supporters of yours, yours. They're much, most of them are smart enough to not say something that stupid, you know? And so, you know, you don't discount people. People are made in God's image. You have no clue what God is stirring up in the hearts of people that, that will cause things to shift overnight in God's favor, in the, the favor of the people who obey God. So God wants us to be always supporters of Him, always 
binding the strong man, always alert to know what the strong man does and stay in God's kingdom. Keep your money in his kingdom. Keep your thoughts in his kingdom. Keep your words in his kingdom. Keep your expectations in his kingdom and allow him to to come in and really make a difference for good, not just for us, but for humanity in general and the whole world. So we're going to pray our, our prayer again, being mindful of the fact that we're coming against a culture that Pharaoh has developed. We're putting God's kingdom dominion over Pharaoh's rule. We're making him subordinate to the king of kings and the Lord of lords by praying and taking authority and tell them, let these people go. You can't keep people in bondage. These ain't your people. You don't know how to create anything, devil. You just steal and copy. Amen. He's a cut and paste devil. That's why he likes to keep control over everything that it can cause him to duplicate something. Amen. He likes control of pictures. That's why he, they create cameras and cell phones. So you can live off taking pictures all the time. That's, that's him copying you. Amen. He wants to pace you somewhere you're not supposed to be. You got me? So this is what we got to get subtleties. They're subtle, but if you sit back and think God will give you the understanding and give you the revel, don't take everything at just face value. And don't get paranoid and scared about everything. You understand what I'm saying? But use wisdom. Use wisdom so that God can continue to bless and he continue to help. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we we come to you and we thank you for your precious blood, Jesus. You shed your blood so that we can pray prayers that get answers as righteous people. We come to you declaring your righteousness in our lives. And we ask you to forgive our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, that, that our righteousness is your righteousness. And we put that on. We thank you that we are forgiven and we are cleansed. And so, Lord, we have freedom. We have access. It's such a wonderful feeling to have a pure conscience, to not be concerned about what we did yesterday and what we don't do right, what we can't do right. And and why certain things haven't happened yet. We're free from that. So we thank you for that freedom. We thank you for that liberty. And we bless you. And we praise you. We pray our declaration over our seed, our children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, fourth and fifth and tenth generations who haven't appeared yet. Father, we thank you that we can decree a a seed on the earth that will, will, will blossom in their lives. And we say that they uh, are delivered. They don't beg bread. They hate sin and the devil. They have your covenant established in their lives. That they have a godly inheritance. They inherit everything I have in you and they increase in your glory. We thank you that they increase exceedingly every day. And of your kingdom there shall be no end. That they possess the gates of those that hate them. That they choose life that they may live. 
that they fear and glorify you, Lord, that they are blessed, they're fruitful, they increase abundantly, and they will be multiplied and wax exceedingly mighty, that they inherit the earth and they are established forever. They are mighty upon the earth right now in Jesus' name. They are delivered, though, hand joined in hand. They will not fall prey to kidnappers. They will not fall prey to seducers. They will not fall prey to to witchcraft and, and drug people. In Jesus' name, they have the Holy Spirit poured out upon them. They have the Word of God continually in their mouths. And we declare that the glory of their generation is greater to that of the former generation. They will be taught of you, Lord, and great is their peace. They are trained in the ways of, of your ways, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. They are your inheritance, Lord. They will be filled with wisdom and have favor with God and with man, and they will honor father and mother that their days will be long on the earth, and it will be well with them. Father, we take authority of the crimes against children. We bind the lust, hate, and murder triad. We declare no male babysitters. We break spirits of stupor and folly over parents. Ask you to lose your godly wisdom over parents that they choose the right way. We declare your homes upright before the Lord, that the hearts of the fathers would turn toward the sons and the sons toward the father. Thank you for protection by the heavenly host. We break mind, occult, and drug culture powers over them. Jezebel, we cut your cords to your children. Show no pity if you weep for them. We say, let the word of God not depart from the children's mouths and that they will be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That they break the power of witchcraft in our schools and in our children and in our homes. The devil, we break your power, your witchcraft powers in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, to, to put make sure weapons in your home are out of the reach of children and make guns and all that unavailable to them. Thank you, Lord, that the government compel parents to be more responsible not allow children to have access to guns. We bind strife and violence between children. We bind peer pressure to commit murder and to, to assault children. We break the power of bullying and intimidation. We break the power of gangs and make them undesirable for children to join. We break the power of witchcraft that allows kidnapping, rape, murder, terrorists and internet stalking Jezebel we bind your false family and fantasy spirits as companions for lonely or rejected children thank you Lord fill up their loneliness with your love make children wise as serpents and harmless as doves and Father we thank you that the Holy Spirit will draw draw children to Christian websites and safe spaces and we bind all this uh, child pornography over the airwaves these people must be exposed they must be erected they must uh, uh, they may must be detected, tick detected, and exposed, exposed and shut down. And we thank you, Lord, for shutting down child exploitation in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Amen and amen again. Praise the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. We do our declaration now. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. And I can't get you name whatever it is you're fighting, you're standing against in your body, in your heart, in your mind. And it can't get me. And we thank you, Jesus. By your precious stripes, we are healed. Amen. 
Amen and amen again. And so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen.